Hello, and thank you for tuning into Answers from the Lab, where we share Mayo Clinic knowledge and advancements on the state of testing and science from laboratory leaders and the people who are making it happen behind the scenes. I'm Dr. Bobby Pritt, the Chair of the Division of Clinical Microbiology in the Department of Laboratory Medicine and Pathology at Mayo Clinic in Rochester, Minnesota. With me today is Dr. Bill Maurice, the Chair of the Department of Laboratory Medicine and Pathology at Mayo Clinic and the President of Mayo Clinic Laboratories. This is our weekly discussion with Dr. Maurice in which we learn about updates in the field of laboratory medicine and pathology. Hi, Bill. How are you this week? I'm doing well. How are you? Good. It looks like you are traveling again. Yes, I'm on the road. I'm coming to you today from Chicago, Illinois. Exciting. I just came back from California myself and I'm going to Florida soon. So lots of things going on. Yes, lots of things going on for everybody. It's like travel is back. All this old is new again. And speaking of new again, I think you have a new title that we should probably let people know about. I do. It's rather exciting. I am going to be the interim chair of the Department of Laboratory Medicine and Pathology. And for people listening, they're probably saying, wait a second, Dr. Maurice is the chair of DLMP. But maybe, Bill, you want to explain a bit about all the different hats you wear and how you really need it to focus on your CEO role. Yeah, well, all the different hats to accommodate my large head, maybe. No, um, <laughs> no. again, just to remind people that aren't familiar with Mayo, rotating leadership is one of our foundational principles. And I think it's a really solid and strong one because it provides fresh eyes to leadership and opportunities for others to contribute to the direction of the organization. I would have been at eight years in February of this year, so... I was slated to rotate out as department chair coming up. And as you mentioned, I've rotated, as we talked about, I think probably a couple months ago now, into a new role as the CEO and president of Mayo Collaborative Services, which is really a portfolio company that's going to have a number of diagnostic entities within it, including Mayo Clinic Laboratories. So it's a big role. It's a big responsibility. And the timing is great to have you step in as the interim, as we look to say, do a comprehensive search for the best possible candidate to be the next chair of DLMP, really need someone to take that mantle from me so I can be focused on what I should be focused on because there's so much going on in the diagnostic industry as a whole. And yet at the same time, also that we have a large and very successful department that needs a strong hand at the till, and you will certainly provide that. Well, thank you for the vote of confidence, Bill, and I'm very honored and privileged to be in this role and have this opportunity. So I'll, I'll reiterate for everyone listening, it's an interim role. So I'm not actually applying for the full position. Again, as you mentioned, I think it's important to point out that at Mayo Clinic, it's a time-limited role, and it's a typically an eight-year role for department chair. So I feel like I have that opportunity in the future. But right now, um, I'm stepping into this interim role for probably the next four to six months. But then I will be returning to my division chair role because I love microbiology and still feel that we have a lot of big projects that I want to work on in my division. But for now, I'm really excited to look at across the entire department, all the different issues going on. I think my role as a governor for the College of American Pathologists has helped me do that as well. So I think it's something that I can step into and, and keep us going while we recruit the permanent new chair for the next eight years or so. Yeah, well, leadership in pathology is a great opportunity. If you're in a place like Mayo that has everything that falls under the umbrella, spanning from slide-based diagnostics as in surgical pathology, 
to very high throughput labs like in mass spec and very high complexity labs like excision sequencing. And if you're in laboratory medicine, you know, an individual touches essentially every part of the practice, right? So it's such an important leadership role. Of course, we work together so well. I'm really excited yeah. to work with you in this. And then the other, of course, is thank you. I really appreciate your willingness to step in because leadership transitions are so important and critically important. And so having you in your role so we can kind of make sure that we have a nice, smooth transition is, is important. And of course, with leadership transitions, it's hard not to think about the midterm elections, which are coming here tomorrow, I guess, or very, you know, or will have come maybe by the time people have heard this and thinking about all the ramifications, because there's a lot happening in the federal government that will have significant impact both on lab medicine and on healthcare more broadly. And I was just in D.C. last week for the ACLA, American Clinical Laboratory Association Board of Directors meeting, and we were discussing a lot of that. So a lot happening yeah. there. There really is, yeah, and I've been hearing about it too in my role as governor for CAP, College of American Mythologists. So Bill, do you want to tell us a little bit about what you've been hearing in your leadership roles through ACLA and others? Yeah, there's really three major issues that, that we have to think through from a lab medicine perspective. One is reimbursement and what's going to happen with, with SALSA, which is a, the Saving Access to Laboratories Services Act, which is a, basically a PAMA fix which if it's not passed or we don't delay PAMA, there'll be big cuts to lab reimbursement. There's the Ballot Act, which is, of course, the regulation of LDTs by the FDA, a framework to do that, a legislative solution to that uh, issue, which has been out there for a long time. And then there's a lot of things around remote care, actually, that we haven't thought of, talked a lot about. But, of course, the public health emergency will expire at some point in 2023, almost certainly. And with it, there were many provisions made with the PHE to allow for virtual care, which included a lot of insignificant things for pathology, like people being able to do remote diagnostics, like people being able to sign up from their homes, even if it doesn't have a CLIA license. And so there's a lot of major issues there around remote care. All those will be compressed essentially into a three or four week session following the midterms before the end of the year, where there's going to be what's called, I believe, the omnibus package, which is basically the funding of the federal government for the, for the next year, which has to be passed before year's end. So a lot going on. Headwinds for SALSA are how will Congress pay for this, right? Because everything has to be kind of budget neutral and they, they won't achieve as much of a cost savings because they won't be having these really severe cuts. But who pays for that? How does that sort out? That's going to be a major point of conversation. Most legislators agree that the labs are really important for health infrastructure. We need to address this. And then for ballot, a lot of it's going to be what accommodations might be made for academic medical centers. I think there's a concern there. We don't want to really stave off innovation and the innovation that happens in the academic medical centers. So a lot of, a lot, a lot of politicking is, I guess, the best way to put it is going to be done. And a lot of this will be pushed because Senator Burr from North Carolina has been very engaged on these issues and is a ranking member on the Senate Health Committee, which has a lot of jurisdiction over these issues. He'll be retiring actually from a long and distinguished legislative career in Congress after these elections. And so how much of this is he going to want to be pushing through as part of his legacy? He's from North Carolina, as I mentioned. So LabCorp is there. He's very engaged with laboratory issues. So yeah, lots out there. Yeah, a lot going on and a lot we're going to see by the end of the year, which is really not even two months now that we have until the end of the year. So I think we'll have a lot of updates on this for our listeners in the coming months. Yeah, for sure. A lot's happening. There'll be a lot to talk about one way or the other, I think, no matter what. How these sort out, they're going to have big impacts on us. Yeah. 
Well, maybe we could finish up with another new thing that just happened now in the Mayo Clinic laboratory world, which would be under your jurisdiction, Bill, although obviously we're all a part of that process here at Mayo. Do you want to tell us a little bit about the new launch of Mayo Complete Tests? Yes, it really speaks again to the power of working in a, in a lab environment and providing lab testing to patients not on our campuses and the need to be responsive as a department. So what it is, is that we have a whole suite of tests for naturation sequencing-based tests that we're gonna be rolling out, available to patients both at our campuses and through Mayo Clinic Labs that really are focused right now a lot of hematology oncology, but that can be ordered and we can be resulted. This process started about four years ago, actually where we were looking at our next generation sequencing lab and was very productive, but it was very academic. So we had lots of different processes that had been created to serve different patient needs and answer different questions, which then made it really difficult to scale and get things out and make the tests as available and accessible as possible. And I do think accessibility to testing is something we really have to be mindful of as leaders in laboratory medicine going forward. The commitment was made by the department to really re-engineer how we did our next generation sequencing testing so we could have it more scalable and repeatable and get more agility in terms of adding targets and things like that. We had the launch of the large gene panel, which was a part of that about eight, nine months ago, but now we have a whole number of tests that are coming out that are comprehensive genomic sequencing for many cancers, which I think are going to be a significant step forward for our patients that we serve. Yeah, I agree. I was looking over the test offerings and this whole suite of tests for these different disease states and the fact that they could be personalized. So each patient's getting the right test and personalized answers. It's very exciting. And I think this is a great example of how Mayo Clinic Labs really, it's not a reference lab working in a silo. This is a group, an organization at Mayo Clinic, working with our colleagues, our clinical groups, looking at patient care, working with the Department of Medicine, Laboratory Medicine and Pathology to make sure we're really meeting patient and clinician care needs. That's right. And the, the voice of the patients that we serve through Mayo Clinic Labs are also an important place in that process. It's not just on our campuses. I mean, that's the beauty of Mayo Clinic Labs. It also gives us insight into what people need in healthcare beyond our walls as well. So you're right. It's an exciting time. And I do think for all of our listeners, no matter the size or scope of your practice, where we're going with lab medicine, it's really important to stay engaged, understanding what our providers and our patients need and continuing to kind of reevaluate and innovate around some of those needs. But this is an exciting outgrowth of, of some of those activities here at Mayo. Well, I'm glad that you're really in the role that you're in as our CEO and president of Mayo Clinic Labs, and I'm excited to be in my role and, and really just the opportunity to get to work with you now, Bill, in this new role. So it'll be exciting times, and, and we'll actually be hearing more about that. I'm going to be talking to Dr. Steve Answell pretty soon, and we'll have another podcast on cancer diagnostics and really just the role that Mayo Clinic Labs and the Department of Lab Medicine and Pathology has played in advancing diagnostics. So yeah. lots of cool things to come. Excited. I'm excited to work with you too. It goes back to the Peter Drucker quote of the best way to predict the future is to create it. So I look forward to creating the future with you and all my colleagues. Awesome. I love it. Well, with that, I think we'll, we'll end for this week and we'll just have more to talk about next week. Yeah, but no shortage. I look forward to it. Thank you so much for tuning in to Answers from the Lab. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast and don't forget to tune in every Thursday and every other Tuesday.